Well, good morning, Crossroads Baptist Church family. Uh, welcome to our Facebook live stream. Thank you for uh, joining us, and we hope you had a wonderful time of singing earlier. Uh, Nick does a good job of editing those videos and putting those out um, for you. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, we are. Uh, we hope you're looking forward to our time together this morning um, and looking to more of the Word of God. Um, it is a, a beautiful day outside, and it is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it, even though uh, we are not officially together. Um, I wanted to say also, again, thank you for, for um, your support and your time in participating in what little fellowship um, we can. Um, I want to start this morning by a call to worship, and I'd like to read Psalm 27. Psalm 27. If you could turn there with me in your Bibles, please. Psalm 27 to start our service off this morning. Psalm 27 says this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, Yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon the rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger, O you who have been my help. Cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. 
And may the Lord bless the reading of his word as we look to it again in a few moments in a time of worship. Uh, I want to move now into um, some announcements. Um, these are just a couple things I wanted to um, mention. The first is the importance of um, prayer. I hope you are um, mindful of the importance it is upon us as God's church to be praying through this time, to be men and women of prayer for various things. I want to mention a few prayer requests, and these requests are um, outside of the um, every so often the ones that are emailed out to you. These are some extras that I'll be adding in the next one. Uh, I want to um, encourage you and myself to pray for our government, um, to pray for uh, Stephen McNeil and other government leaders through this. Um, this is a very difficult time for them. Um, decisions have to be made, and they are doing a wonderful job um, in making the right decisions based upon the circumstances. So um, please be praying for them. I want to encourage you in that regards. Also, I encourage you and myself to be praying for our medical workers. Um, they are on the front lines of this. Um, they are doing um, a lot of good. And I think it would be fitting for us to pray for them. Um, pray for our medical workers that are within our church. Um, I think you know who they are. Pray for them, but also pray for others um, that you may know in, um, in our area or just in general. Be lifting these people up in prayer um, because these are courageous men and women who are um, on the front lines of this. And lastly, I want to encourage you and myself to pray for one another. Um, we're kind of staring at this unknown um, and we're kind of, I don't know if we're in the middle of it, I don't know if we're um, at the end of it, but we're in it. And uh, it can be a difficult time for most, so be praying for each other. Um, and if you're praying for someone, maybe send them a little text or a message saying, hey, I'm praying for you. Um, I think that's encouraging too. I think we need to be encouraging one another. Um, so remember to pray. Um, secondly, next week is Easter. Um, a very interesting Easter time in the history of church, uh, but it is Easter nonetheless, and we want to celebrate that. So the elders and I got together and we're wondering how we can best celebrate um, Good Friday and Easter. So what we've decided is, you probably got the email, um, if not, I apologize, it should have gone out this week, containing this little um, letter here. Um, if you did not get this and you would like to um, receive it, let me know and I can send it to you. What we're going to do is instead of having a Good Friday service, because obviously given our climate we cannot meet, um, we are encouraging you to submit videos to either myself, our church email, or Nick, um, answering one of or more of these five questions um, contained in this letter. Okay, And what we would like to do is, hopefully, if we get enough, it would be really nice to um, hand those over to Nick, and he's going to do uh, an 
excellent job of editing those together for a little Good Friday encouragement video um, where we can see one another's faces, um, we can hear about one another's um, struggles or circumstances or encouraging times that they're in, and we can also hear about one another's um, favorite passages of scripture around this time. Okay, now that's just a little bit of an explanation. The letter, I think, is, is what you really need to see. So if you haven't read that, I encourage you to, to read it. And I encourage you to try and get your videos in no later than Tuesday. Okay, no later than Tuesday. And I understand that it might be awkward. Okay, I, I get it. To, to record yourself, um, I, I'll be honest with you. If I can do this, okay... If you know me, I, I get awkward too. If I can do this, I assure you that you can record some videos and send them into us. You won't nearly look as odd as you think. Okay, I'll just, I'll just put it at that. So please participate in that. We do have a plan B if we don't get enough participation, but I hope that we do. Okay, so that's what we're going to plan for Good Friday. That video will hopefully be released at some time um, during that day. And it's just going to be, I think, emailed out. It's not going to be put on Facebook in front of everyone. Um, it's just going to be emailed, so a little bit um, more intimate, I guess, in that regards. As far as Easter Sunday, uh, we welcome you to, to uh, join us, our live stream right here next Sunday at 1030, uh, for looking at um, the Word together. Um, next, our Ephesians study is um, happening again this Wednesday at 7 o'clock, okay? Now, there's some um, confusion, I guess, to where that is. So, um, I'll explain. Um, on our Sunday morning live streams, we're using this Facebook page, okay? Our main Facebook page, if you will. When we do Bible studies where it's a little bit more in-depth, a little bit more intimate, okay? We use our Crossroads group, okay? So if you're expecting um, the Bible study this Wednesday, we're going to use, uh, we're going to go live on the Facebook group, okay? So just hopefully to clear up any confusions on that. And uh, I will not make the mistake I made last week and forget to record it and post it. So if, you, if you're missing it Wednesday, it's okay. I will try to record it and post that for you. Uh, next, I think this is lastly, our men's and ladies groups are continuing to meet via online. Um, we had our uh, first men's night this past week on Zoom, and I thought it was a great time. So uh, we're going to do that again this Thursday at 7 o'clock on Zoom for the men. If you want to be invited to that, just text me, send me a message. And I'll send you the link. Just download Zoom uh, app or on your user program on your phone. It's free. And uh, hopefully you can join us. The ladies meet on Facebook live stream on Tuesdays. And if you would like to get involved in that, um, talk to Sue, Dana, or Martha. That's all I had in regards to um, some announcements. Um, if you have your Bibles now... We're going to transition to our time uh, of looking into the Word. Would you please turn to Matthew chapter 21? Matthew chapter 20, 
1. Well, today is celebrated as Palm Sunday. And it's known this because it is the Sunday before the Resurrection Sunday of Easter. And this day marks the day or symbolizes the day that Christ entered into Jerusalem and thus beginning what we know as Passion Week or Holy Week, or the week containing the events leading up to Easter. This Palm Sunday gets its name from the triumphal entry, where the people waved palm branches at Christ as he rode into the city um, years ago. Now the word triumphant or triumphal means victorious. This is a fitting word used to describe this entry into the city by Christ. From Christ's perspective, victory was always the outcome. And even though he had humanity weighing on him at times... He knew he was always to be victorious. And this ascent up this 17-mile-long road from Jericho to Jerusalem that passes through Bethany and Bethphage and the Mount of Olives and eventually ends in Jerusalem was a victorious one on many accounts. Now, each gospel, we turned to Matthew 21, each gospel in the New Testament contains the narrative of, or the story of, this triumphal entry. And each one tells their own side of it. Each one tells their perspective of it. And this event itself shows and tells us so much about the character of God. And studying the character of God is one of the most important things you and I can do as believers in Christ. Studying the character of God is one of the most essential things in growing our spiritual life. Or making more healthy our spiritual walk. The most valuable information you can gain as a believer is to learn more about who God is. What is he like? What is his character? Because when we begin to study those things, we begin to grow our relationship with him and thus growing our knowledge and growing in him in general. And that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to look at 
God's character as revealed in or through Palm Sunday. The title of this message is Palm Sunday Reveals God's Character. Palm Sunday Reveals God's Character. Now we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 21, the first 11 verses. This is Matthew's account of the triumphal entry. If you're curious, you can jot these down. Mark 11, 1 to 11 is Mark's account of the triumphal entry. Luke 19, 28 to 40, that is Luke's account of the triumphal entry. And John 12, 12 to 19, that's John's account of the triumphal entry. I want to encourage you, when you study the Gospels, um, get yourself a, a little book, I think they're free online even, a chart of, of looking at a synopsis of the Gospels, and you can see kind of what every um, writer of the Gospels includes, what is left out in some, and I think that's really important. So just to give you a little bit of um, study later on, you can look at those passages. But uh, we look at these first 11 verses uh, in Matthew chapter 21, and uh, you know, let's, let's read them. Let's read them together. Starting in verse 1. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them. And he will send them at once. He took, this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put them on their cloaks, and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, Who is this? The crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from the Nazareth of Galilee. Now we see here in this passage that approaching Bethphage, which was on the, the backside of the Mount of Olives, opposite the Kidron Valley in Jerusalem, okay? Jesus stops before entering into Bethphage, and he calls two of his disciples to go on ahead and get a donkey and a colt, or a foal. Now Luke's record of, this, um, of, of the triumphal entry tells us that Peter and John were those two disciples. Now, they are sent out to get this, this donkey and a colt, or foal, and bring them back to Christ. Now, Jesus assures them that they will find them there. There was no question in Jesus' words that they would not be able to find what they were looking for. Now, Mark's record states that these two disciples do so, and they are, in fact, questioned, and they reply accordingly to what Jesus told them to, and then they return to Christ. Now, this little 
this little narrative called the triumphal entry shows us or reveals to us God's character. And that character is his attribute of omniscience, of God's omniscience. How did Jesus know that there was to be a donkey and a foal right at that exact spot while he was nowhere near them? And the answer is found in his omniscience. In his omniscience. The word omniscience means the state of knowing everything. The state of knowing everything. It's from two Latin words, omni and science. Omni meaning all, and science meaning knowledge. So it's to know all knowledge. The state of knowing everything. Now scripture is not silent on this attribute of God. One of the amazing things about submitting yourself to learning more about the character of God is you'll see certain aspects of God's character and his attributes in various places within scripture. And one of those is Psalm 147. If you'll turn there, please, with me in your Bibles. Psalm 147 shows us gives us a better glimpse of this omniscience of God. Psalm 147, verse 5, says this, Great is our Lord, and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. Now the word here, the phrase, beyond measure, is a word that means... It is not countable or innumerable. It is not able to be counted. It's innumerable. Okay? And it is attributed to the understanding of God. The knowledge of God. Or, in a more simple term, how smart He is. And not only does Psalm 147 give us this, go with me to Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40 gives us a little glimpse into this attribute of God and his omniscience. Isaiah 40 verse 28 says this, Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. The word here, unsearchable, means it's beyond. It's endless, okay? And I must admit, when we try to understand even the meaning of these words, they themselves, in a sense, fall short to us actually understanding what it means to have knowledge and understanding that is innumerable 
and is endless. But we can still understand that God and his knowledge is greater than us. Nothing comes close to the knowledge or understanding of God. His word describes such depths of knowledge attributed to him and him only is omniscience. No one else is as omniscient or even comes close to God. And in relation to here in Matthew 21, we see and we pair this with the deity of Christ. Go with me to Colossians 2. Colossians 2 gives us a little bit of light into understanding how Christ knew so much. Colossians 2.9 says this, For in him, that is Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Okay? Now I'm going to try and define four words here and try to give you this verse in the definition of these words. Okay? So we're going to define whole, fullness, deity, and dwells. The word whole is the Greek word that means all, every, or each. Fullness means the full number of or the totality. And deity is simply divine being. And lastly, dwells is resides. So, so this letter is saying of Christ that in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. But when we look at the definition here, we see that all in him, in Christ, all, every, each, the full reason, the full measure, the full number, the totality of divine being resides in him. In the person who tells Peter and John to go get a donkey. Do you see how now Christ knew of that? Absolute knowledge belongs to God and God only. Christ himself in John 10.30 said, I and the Father are one. This unsearchable amount of knowledge, this omniscience, dwelled within Christ. And he had understanding above all. The one who spoke into existence the universe, containing all forms of science and study, has all of this knowledge dwelling within him. Now my kids are listening and oftentimes I like to try to put it into applicable terms. So girls, here you go. God is smart, okay? Omniscience can be a big word. I'll just put it simply for you. God is smart. And for some of you adults who like simple words too, God, folks, is smart. 
Nick just raised his hand, so that's good. God is smart. Listen to Romans 11. Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has given or who has been his counselor? Who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. From him and through him and to him are all things. His knowledge is higher than we can ever understand. And this is why he knew where two donkeys were on the way in to this triumphal entry. R.C. Sproul writes in his book, Chosen by God, that if there existed one, one maverick molecule outside of God's control, then he would not, in fact, be God. And when you pair that in light to Isaiah 46, 8 through 10, that says, I am the Lord, there is none like me. I determined the end from the beginning. We see that if, if God determines the beginning and he determines the end, do you not think then he could handle the middle part? And that middle part is even now. Why? Because he's omniscient and he knows his knowledge is great. Now let's pair this to our circumstance. Is it not encouraging to know that God knows exactly what is going on? And I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you with God's omniscience. He not only knows everything about everything, but he knows about you. He knows about your circumstance. He knows about your struggles. He knows about your fears. He knows about your anxiety. And he not only just knows about it, but he actually gave us in his knowledge, in his perfect, unsearchable knowledge, he gave us a glimpse of what he wants us to know. And we see things in scripture like, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He knows all, and he knows about you. And I want you to be encouraged this morning by God's omniscience, because I know I have been, knowing that God's knowledge applies to me. And he knew me enough to send his son Christ to die on the cross for my sin. Why? Because he knew I needed a savior. 
and he acted upon it in his love. God's omniscience is a wonderful thing. Back to Matthew chapter 21. The first three verses reveal God's omniscience. Now these next two verses reveal something, if you're taking notes, called his veracity. His veracity. Let's read verse 4. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by him, by the prophet rather, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. Now the word veracity <coughs> means <coughs> excuse me, conformity to the facts or accuracy. Conformity to the facts or accuracy. And some may, might ask, why did Christ ride in on a donkey, right? Or a foal? Why did he do that? And the answer is given to us in verse 4 that says, this took place to fulfill. That word fulfill here means to tell fully, to proclaim completely, to tell in a full manner, and not just to proclaim, but to proclaim completely. This took place to proclaim completely what was spoken by the prophet. Well, what prophet? Zechariah 9.9 years ago, hundreds of years even before this, wrote that this was going to happen. That the daughters of Zion were to rejoice, the inhabitants of Jerusalem were to rejoice upon the Savior coming into the city, riding on a donkey. And Christ was doing this so to fulfill this Old Testament prophecy. This specific one amongst other dozens that he fulfilled. Written long, long ago. Because the God who inspired these scriptures, okay, is voracious. He is truthful. He is accurate. Make no mistake and don't overlook this attribute of God's character. He is, he conforms to the facts. He is accurate. This was no mistake that Christ, upon coming to Bethphage after leaving Jericho and healing these two blind men outside Jericho, coming to the base of the Mount of Olives, he didn't randomly say, I think I'm going to ride in on a donkey. He knew beforehand for from him and through him and to him are all things the one who was asking for that donkey created the universe spoke into existence and was sustaining everything and he knew the prophecy he was to fulfill why because he is voracious millard erickson in his book Systematic theology says this about God's veracity. Divine veracity means 
that God represents things as they really are. Whether speaking of himself or part of his creation, what God says is accurate. What God says is accurate. Simply put, God does not say one thing and do another. Okay? He's not a magician where he does something over here, and while our focus is over here, he just does the exact opposite over here. Okay? What God says, he will do. What his word states is truth, and it is accurate. 1 Samuel 15, 29 tells us that God is not, does not lie or change his mind. Titus 1, 2 speaks of the God who never lies. Hebrews 6.18 says two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Listen to what Millard Erickson says in regards to those passages. Note that these passages affirm more than that God does not lie and will not lie, God cannot lie. For lying is contrary to his very Nature. Now, when you take these two, just these two, there are many attributes of God. His omniscience, He knows everything, and His veracity, everything He says is true. Do you think that causes us to trust Him just a little bit more? Do you think that should cause us, as his people, his church, to start each day not knowing what our circumstances hold, but knowing that God is absolutely knowledgeable of all, and what he says is accurate and truthful, and when you pair that, I think you are on the right track to starting your day off by saying, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad. And when you see these two attributes shown in this triumphal entry, knowing where that animal was, why? Because it was impossible for him to not know where everything is because of his omniscience. And knowing that the prophecy he was to fulfill because he was in fact God, Riding in on this animal to fulfill prophecy. I think we can trust. I think we can understand that God is in control. Listen to the words of Hebrews. Hebrews 13, 5. Give to us These words. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? God's omniscience. He knows everything. 
And his veracity, what he says is truthful, it is accurate. This phrase is truth. And I want to encourage you this morning as a child of God, as a believer in Christ, God has absolutely no intention to leave you. God has no intention to forsake you. But to be your helper, to be there for you, to not fear, and to trust Him. And may we be encouraged and challenged, myself included, to live accordingly in our lives today. Bless you. Thank you for listening. And may you have blessings the rest of your day and your week.